Welcome to another edition of Lodging On Demand. In this episode, Lodging Editor-in-Chief Dennis Nessler catches up with Glenn Greenewald to discuss the ongoing labor crisis in the lodging industry and some of the potential staffing solutions that are available. Greenewald also discusses some of the macroeconomic challenges that exist and are likely to impact the overall labor situation in the months ahead. Dennis Nestler, Editor-in-Chief of Lodging Magazine. I'm here today with Glenn Greenewalt, Chief Operating Officer for LGC Staffing. Glenn, welcome to the Lodging on Demand. Dennis, glad to be here. Thank you. Um, Glenn, tell us a little bit about uh, LGC and what you guys do. Yeah, LGC, uh, we started LGC in 2003, uh, myself and one other uh, partner, George Lesmeister. We are a hospitality staffing company so we don't uh we're, we're strictly hospitality we don't mess around with uh labor or uh, warehouse or anything like that so we've got um as a company 45 offices in the u.s we uh w2'd about thirty thousand employees last year to, on a temporary basis so we've got some some scope um and size uh to service our clients better with and we we do temp uh, a lot of temporary uh, placement. We also do temp to hire. We do direct hire placement, and then we also other uh, offer some services like um, market assessment and things like that for some of our clients. Okay, great. Um, lodging industry has been uh, you know had a huge labor issue uh, last several years, obviously since COVID. Really, um, what are what are some of the things you've observed? Uh, you guys have been around for a while. Uh, what what are some of the big challenges that you see uh, in the last several years within the, within the lodging industry? Yeah, we so yeah, COVID COVID was definitely challenging. Um, there was quite a few factors that kind of came into play during COVID. Um, one of them was obviously well, uh, people got used to staying at home. They were getting um, you know checks from the government. There was a big push for work from home. Uber was kind of, you know, cutting the cutting this lane for the 1099 employee. So kind of all this mix was happening. And at the same time, you know, you, this you have this uh, a generation that's staying at home longer than ever that doesn't maybe need to work as much. There's not as, as much of a need for them. So all of these kind of things were kind of, have kind of been coming into play and they've really come into a head. So one of the things that we look at is well, there's the unemployment rate, which shows very low, but then there's another metric called the um, the workforce participation rate. And if you look at that, that's how many people are actually participating who want to work in the marketplace. And that number has been shrinking since the late 90s, and it's kind of getting to this critical place. So less and less people want to work, and then all the other factors. And we also have, there's another... Um, kind of relevant uh, statistic that we look at, it's the amount of people that are just filing for permanent disability. That uh, that number has really skyrocketed in the last few years. So just people are just exiting the workforce and not not returning. Yeah. What um, do you know what the participation number uh, that you referenced is as compared to, you know, maybe when you guys started in, in the early part of the 2000s? Um, I, I can't quote it off. I, I I'd be a disservice to try to quote something on that head, but I know it's it's dropped dramatically. So yeah. when you when you get less and less people participating in the workforce, it makes the unemployment numbers look better than than they should really. 
So right, right. if the, if everybody was participating, the unemployment numbers wouldn't look as rosy as they are today. Gotcha. Um, we know that the, the worker has changed, as you referenced. The mindset has changed uh, for the younger generation, for sure. Uh, more remote, et cetera. What are what about things like flex hours and flex pay? Uh, how much are you seeing that uh, with with some of your um, clients and and uh, you know how much how much has that had an impact? I think it's had a huge impact. Um, it and and the flex flex labor has kind of been around. So so even in two thousand three, LGC was doing flex labor in terms of if you called me, I could get a four hour ditch, you know, someone, I could get a dishwasher there and in, in within the next 30 minutes and they might be there for four hours. Um, so the, the concept has been around. I think that the, the big, you know, the big deal though is like I said, the Uber kind of push and, and this proliferation of ride sharing and app technology um, created a new demand for, um, for, for the, for these type, it's carved out a whole nother niche that kind of took away from the hospitality industry. So before, um, you know, the the staffing companies like myself, the traditional ones, were filling the need for the for the hotels, and now um, it's it, the landscape is so much changed because um, not only are the hotels competing with, well, the hotels are competing for workforce with places like Uber, DoorDash, or any number of apps. So. The competition in the space is what's changed the most. There's there's much higher demand, and it's you really see that with the wages kind of being driven up there. Mm -hmm. Are there certain um, positions uh, within hospitality that that you guys see a greater demand for? Uh, I think you mentioned you know dishwasher, but is that one of them? Or are there certain uh, types of uh, positions that you guys see a lot of uh, a lot of demand for? I think that. Uh, Across the board, all there, there's a greater need for all types of positions. Uh, one thing that we've kind of noted is after COVID, well, COVID really shut down what we call the front of the house. So banker servers and bartenders um, in these big kind of, you know, huge conventions that were, you know, five, 6,000 people eating at once. COVID really killed that. So that has been an area that we haven't seen as much rebound in uh, that hasn't fully returned um, in our, from our perspective as much so every, everything's up except for maybe kind of that these big banquet stuff companies just aren't they haven't kind of you know re-engaged with that idea Wh whether they will or not i'm not sure but that's something that we've definitely noticed but otherwise the need for um food service like the culinary the back of the house is really in high demand and also for you know concessions type labor has been been busy mm -hmm. um i know you mentioned uh the debt crisis when we were talking and and late and some of the economic um things that are going on what what are how how do you see that shaking out in terms of the macroeconomics and 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 uh the, the workforce yeah i think that the the macro right now is really the 800 pound gorilla in the room everybody's kind of focused on uh, they say generals fight the last war meaning they prepare they prepare for what it was in the past instead of what's coming in the future so a lot of people right now are looking at you know what am i going to do for labor in 2024 and they're kind of ignoring this the bigger picture which is the um the macro and specifically um the increasing interest rates and increasing inflation i i don't think those things are going to go away i think they're going to get much worse over the next few years and just because history tells us that, but also 
just mathematically, I think the, I checked this morning, the US debt was 33.7 trillion. And that's just what's on the, on the books because they don't count um, the off balance sheet debt, which is the social security, um, Medicare, Medicaid, government pensions is in that number. That's estimated to be at about 120 trillion. So all told, we're north of 150 trillion in debt, and it's going to be creating some problems that that uh, aren't going to be able to be ignored. So right now we have rising interest rates, uh, but that's not great for the for the government because when the interest rates grow up, they're paying more interest on that debt. So they're kind. Of, the Fed is kind of stuck right now. So we can fight inflation, and we can kill, you know, American business and the stock market, and the banks will go out of business too, which some already have. Um, or we can let inflation run and and save everything. And historically, 100% of the time, they choose inflation because they're not gonna. Nobody's gonna be the bad guy and say we're gonna kill Social Security this month forever, right? So I I just think that from a in our space, that's something we're watching closely. And, and, and it doesn't have to be doom and gloom. Like, uh, I, I don't think that at all. I think it's, a, it's an opportunity for those that see it and they can say, okay, you know, in, in the forties were a high interest rate environment. There were, there were three waves of inflation then. The seventies were a high interest rate environment, three waves of inflation. So you can look historically and say, you know, what did the companies do then? What are the other um, hotels, food service providers do. How did they fare then, and and who won? So, and and really, it's it's probably just about being fiscally responsible with your business, getting the debt paid down, having a make sure you have a good cash flow, um, making sure you're just not living on investment money or loans because that will dry up. So, it's it's an opportunity for those that really want to take the time to clean up their business, run it off the financials and not look for the bank will give me this great loan if I get into trouble in the next two or three years, because that just may not be there for them anymore. So I, I think that's a big, that's a really big deal that people aren't paying attention to, but it's still going to come. Sure. Um, are there certain types of, of properties uh, that have, that you guys work with uh, kind of more regularly than others? Are there certain, um, you know, kinds of hotel hoteliers that go to you uh, when they're in need? No, we we run the the gamut. We we have um, we're working with you know the the top three biggest food service providers in the world. Uh, we work with the major hotel brands, but we also work with single unit operators and even the smallest caterers just to really the to enhance their capabilities or to supplement their needs so they don't have to carry a big staff all the time. Um, just to keep more nimble for them, really. So, and I, I think we really run the gambit there of of size and scope for clients. Right, right. Um, let's talk a little bit about technology. We know that the impact of technology uh, on the industry in the last few years. Um, how has that impacted uh, the labor force, and and uh, you know, and specifically how hotels are operating? Um, what are, what are some of the some of the changes that you've seen? Yeah, the technology. Um, has made you know crazy changes in the business and anybody that you know anybody could observe that I, I feel like just by looking at it and you know i i feel like it's it's um it's not what everybody thought it was going to be 
and uh, you know I'm not I'm not here to say you know the app or gig you know type staffing venues are going to go away 100%. That would be foolish. But if you look at, um, I was staffing in the 19 late 1990s when the, the internet came out and everybody said it's going to change everything. There's not going to be no staffing companies anymore. We don't need them. And uh, there was kind of this kind of an overplay. And then you saw you know, the, the dot-com crash happen and pet.coms and all these big names kind of went away. And I, I feel like that's kind of where we're at with the, the technology push. And I don't think it's been, I don't think it's been that great for the industry. Um, it's not, like I said, it's, it's probably not the solution that everybody thought it was going to be. And it's even, it's taken, it's taken a, an industry that's about hospitality that's warm, greeting, and it made it much more cold the way Uber is, where people are just, you know, kind of numbers and they're throwing the system and the algorithm will spit out who's supposed to come and work today. So I think I think that it's probably peaking and will come back in terms of the app stuff, especially, you know, because there's some some legislation that's turning around that too. But um I don't think it's been, like I said, I just don't think it's been that great for the for the industry as a whole. And when people start re-engaging with the staff at a different level and getting to know them, it's going to be much, much better for them because the employees want that. And we see that. Um, lastly, uh, as we wrap up 2023, uh, next couple of months and then head into 24, what, do you, what are you looking at? What are, what are your thoughts in terms of the industry in general and 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 staffing and labor uh, within the industry. Um, are you bullish in terms of 24? What do, what do you see ahead? Yeah, um, I'm I'm not bullish. And uh, uh, I think that winter is coming. And uh, the those that are prepared, again, like I'm, I'm not a doom and gloom person, but there's there just are natural cycles that happen and we are ready for one. We're kind of over ready for one. And you know, I, I think that a lot of things are going to come to a head in 2024. I think we'll see increasing uh, pressure on wages. And I know a lot of the hotels are resisting that because a lot of positions have doubled in pay already. And we don't set that rate. The, the market does. Um, so I think we'll see increasing wage pressure. Uh, I think that uh, despite, you know, if, if there's some recessionary impulses that there's still going to be tight labor market. And um, and increasing um, interest rates at least for a while, but I think some of the damage of that's going to be coming through. So, again, it's it's the most prepared can use this to to really um, solidify their business. And if they get it ready, you know, people still if it's winter time, people can still ski and have fun, right? But but only the most prepared can. If if you're trying to play catch up from the fall, like it's that's not going to work. So, I just think it's going to be a little rougher ride. And, and there's going to be some good things that come out of it. I think Airbnb has taken a big chunk out of the, uh, the, the hotel and lodging space. And I think some of that will come, be coming back. There's, there's all sorts of problems with that and in, in, in their future too. So I think there's some great things. And I think if you just weather this and really clean up your business model and get it correct, then, then you'll be much you know better positioned to handle it. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Glenn, thanks so much for your time and for joining us on uh, Lodging On Demand and, and have a great day. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for listening to Lodging On Demand. If you want more content like this, subscribe to Lodging Magazine on YouTube. You can also subscribe to Lodging On Demand wherever you get your podcasts. 
For news and updates, follow at Lodging Magazine on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn, or visit us at lodgingmagazine.com.